Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Funky Monkey MMA. You can listen to Funky Monkey MMA Radio on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Blog Talk Radio, Player FM, Cash Roller, the TuneIn Radio app, MMAFutures.com, LoveMMA.com, MMARecords.com, and FightBookMMA.com. Funky Monkey Radio is sponsored by Altercation Clothing. If you never back down, then you're ready for an altercation. For the freshest news and notes on all things MMA, get over to FunkyMonkeyMMA.com. Interested in sponsoring the show? Then send an email to funkymonkeymma at gmail.com. You're listening to Funky Monkey MMA. MMA fans, are you looking for something to set you apart? Then check out altercationclothing.com. Altercation Clothing is a brand with attitude, offering fans and fighters alike a variety of specialty shirts. If you won't back down, then you're ready for an altercation. Altercation Clothing can be found on Facebook at facebook.com slash altercationclothing. Altercation Clothing is a proud sponsor of Funky Monkey MMA Radio. You're listening to Funky Monkey MMA. Welcome back to another edition of Funky Monkey MMA. I am your host, Kane Miller. I am joined by Rob Mead, Dave Madden, and Mike The Truth Jackson. Our guest today is UFC strawweight Randa Marcos. Randa, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Now, your last fight was in December, a little over a month ago. Uh, did you immediately resume training afterwards, or did you take some time off? Well, um, I took a, about a month off. I had a few injuries that I wanted to take care of before I started training again. Um, so, yeah, I, I took about a month off. Randa, for your last fight, you made the decision to switch camps and head to TriStar, um, obviously a very well-respected camp. Was there any specific reasoning for the transition? Well, I always I always wanted to go to TriStar. I always wanted to see what it was all about. You know, I've never been to a huge gym before like TriStar. Um, I've always been close to home, and I always thought that maybe I was a whole, being held back, you know, not knowing what's out there for me. So, um, and also, like, I wasn't getting any fights in while I was training here in uh, Michigan Top Team. So I thought maybe if I went to a well-known gym, maybe it will get me out there a bit and, and get me a fight. And I was there for about three days, and I uh, found I got a fight right away. So it worked out for me. And and you know the training was different. And you know everyone everyone says you know TriStar is the best gym in the world. So I wanted to really see what it was all about and see if I could be a better fighter over there. And do you think you it, it really has, has paid off, or do you think is is that going to be um, a permanent well, place for you? Uh, well, I thought um, 
I went out there. I tried it out. You know, I always wanted to see what it was all about. I went out there and uh, I felt like I really changed. Like my style really changed over there. It was really, it was not really focusing on what I, what I do best. And, and I, my intentions were to, you know, be better at what I do. But um, I felt like I was, you know, um, kind of being changed. So I, I decided to come back to Michigan Top Team. I felt better. I, I, I don't know. I, I was doing a lot of good work there. I, I put in a lot of hard hard work and I had great training partners. The training was amazing. It was it's definitely one of the best gyms for for a reason, you know. It, it's got we've got great training partners and everything over there, but I just felt like it wasn't for me. Especially my my performance yeah. in the cage. I really was disappointed with myself. I felt like it wasn't me in there and and uh, you know, you live and learn. I don't think I'll be going back there for my next training camp. I just thought it was interesting that you shared how you uh, were pulled away from maybe things that you wanted to uh, progress and that you knew you were good at and just, just sharpen those tools. Uh, just, I I had seen several posts, and it was from Michigan Top Team, so um, that's where I, I guess I thought you were. Uh, so you were just working your hands, and I, I, just, I know you're such a proficient grappler and, and have such a background there. Seeing all your posts working your hands, I just thought, well, that seems – out of your comfort zone. Um, I was going to ask uh, about that transition from off of the mat to your feet for, for you. Um, but anyways, I just thought that was interesting how that seems like, uh, you know, not that you, I haven't seen you uncork some, some great shots in the, in the octagon, but um, you know, just anyways, I just seeing you work your hands like that. It just felt like uh, that's outside of maybe your background. Well, it is. Um, I, I came into MMA with my wrestling background and, and then I picked up jujitsu really quickly. So definitely that is my, my background. And uh, Michigan Top Team is partnered up with, with Detroit Jiu-Jitsu, which is just downstairs, and they have some amazing jujitsu there. So, uh, you know, I try to get down there as much as I can. Um, but, yeah, I, they have Kara Rowe there at Michigan Top Team, and she's just an amazing uh, stand-up, uh, you know, a boxer, and, and she's really helping me out a lot. When you're not spending time preparing for a fight, uh, you know, what are you doing outside of the gym? Um, well, <laughs> I don't really have much to do. I, I mean, we just bought a house, so I'm trying to, like, um, we're, we're renovating a bit, so I spend a lot of time there. And, uh, you know, just hanging out with my family, and um, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't really know what to do when I have free time, because I used to work. I was working um, a lot, and I would train in the morning, go to work, and then train at night, and I'd be totally exhausted. Now I don't have a job. Ever since I went to uh, Montreal, I quit my job, and now it's kind of like I have so much free time. <laughs> I'm trying to get in as much <laughs> training as I can. Other than that, like, I just hang out with my family. Uh, Ronda Rousey, she recently, you know, she was doing an interview. She's coming more into the spotlight now after uh, her loss to Holly Holm. But one thing that obviously is sticking out to a lot of people is how she mentioned that she contemplated suicide uh, after the loss for, you know, a brief moment. Um, what do you, you know, for you, I, I, well, I don't think a lot of fighters in general um, invest that type of emotion, but what do you think it is for someone who, you know, in a, in a sport such as MMA or just any other, you know, thing in life um, that would make them, you know, to contemplate suicide, what what do you think that is? Do you feel that it was her, her will to win and she finally lost? Like, what do you think, you know, would drive someone to have that kind of thought? I think it's just um, disappointing yourself. I think you've put in so much time. And, uh, like, when when you train for a fight, you're really putting everything 
everything into it. You know, you're you're sacrificing your time with your family. You're sacrificing, you know, so much so much things, and like you're you're really busting your butt off at the gym, and you know, you put in your sweat, your tears, your all your frustration, and you go out there, and especially being an undefeated fighter like her, you know, she she never lost in you know the MMA sport at all and to suffer a loss like that definitely I think things go through your mind that you never thought would go through your mind like you know when you put so much effort into something and, and you lose it or you, you fail you feel like you failed yourself and it just I don't know sometimes I'm just like why like for a second I'm just like why am I doing this to myself why am I you know continuing to do this to myself and then and then you're just like okay you step back and think we need to get better. This is just lessons. This is just lessons. I think a lot of things go through your mind that you don't have any control over because it really is like a part of you. Walking into that gym and training every day, every day is really, really takes a huge part of you. No, I, I completely agree. And for, if you don't know, I'm a fighter myself. Um, you know, I just competed at you know the last UFC here, and I'm also a journalist. And sometimes when you know I'm covering fights. I see people, uh, you know, I'm sitting K-side, and I can literally reach through the fence and touch them, and, and I see the, the damage that some of these guys are taking. And I take a sit, you know, a step back, and I think to myself is like, why, why do I do this? You know, um, why mm-hmm. is it that I put myself in, in this, this kind of sort of harm's way, so to speak? But at the end of the day, I realize that it is a sport, and, and it's a competition, and, you know, you're going to – you're going to win and you're going to lose. Um, you know, I, I grew up playing baseball and basketball and all these different things, and I just looked at it as a, you know, as a sport. Um, and it, it really, I'm not going to say it bothered me, but it, it kind of worried me a little bit that someone could, could contemplate suicide. or And maybe she was being a, a little overdramatic, but I, I couldn't see myself even verbalizing that. And again, like I know you're going to invest time and effort into something that you care so much, you know, you care deeply about. But that seems a little extreme to me. And I was just curious to get your take on that. Yeah, I I think it's a little extreme, but at the same time, you know, you don't know what goes through a person's mind. Everyone's different. You don't know what they're going through. You know, um, like when I when I lost, I I was devastated. You know. I just like I couldn't even look at myself in the mirror. I was more mm-hmm. more disappointed in, in disappointing myself than than everybody watching me. I, I didn't care who was watching me. I didn't care that I was on TV. I was just so upset that I disappointed myself. That has a lot to do with it as well, you know. Especially like being in the in the spotlight all the time and and being interviewed constantly and you're telling people what you're gonna do and you're telling people, you know, oh I'm gonna do this to her. I'm gonna do this to her. And then you walk in there and you know, she she lost pretty badly in that fight, and I think yeah. you know that starts playing in your mind. Like people are gonna start talking shit about me, and you know that really takes a toll on a person too. And I don't think she's ever had that before, and maybe that right. bothered her a lot. Okay, no, I was just saying like I completely agree. You know, uh, I've been in that situation, and for me, it's always been you know I'm doing this for myself, and I'm not worried about what other people think and. You know, for me, I started more of on a local or on a smaller level, and all I had was, you know, you're in one city, and you have your fans, and, you know, you're really just competing against the other guy and his fans, you know, and my last fight, you know, it was at the, the last the UFC fight night, and now I went from just having, you know, my own local fans to now I have 
I have a city behind me and I have a state behind me because, you know, I have a, a, a pretty, I have a, the name recognition out here and it was completely different for me, you know? So I definitely understand, you know, the, the, the thought process and the, and the mental uh, aspect of it when you kind of look at yourself and you're like, man, you know, like things could have went completely, you know, totally different and, you know, different way and you kind of let yourself down. And, you know, for me, it's just like, look, I, you know, this sucked. And we need to get back on the horse and, you know, work on things. Um, but, you know, like I said, that's how I think about it. And you're right. People do uh, think about things a little differently. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, I, I was looking at it like, man, like, I can't believe, like, that was not me. What was I thinking? You know, you just start replaying everything in your mind. and But you can't do anything about it, you know. You just got to, like, take it as a lesson and go back to the to the gym and, and improve on those things that you did wrong. But, you know, at that moment when you're stepping out of the cage, you're just like, that was it. You just, you know, yeah. you, did you do enough? Did you do what you needed, you needed to do? Because there's no turning back. That, it just seems so unique to also MMA and, and you know, combat sports where it's one-on-one, only only two are under the lights versus that team idea. You know, you lose with the right. team and – even if it's a buzzer beater, you, you lost it, you missed it, it. It's still, you can hide in that huddle of the team, really, you know, there's really no scapegoat that is singled out, you know, and, you know, along the lines of Rhonda too. I mean, she shut down the internet for about two weeks with just the amount of, <laughs> of whichever direction people went with it, you know, and, and that that probably had to be a lot TMZ, the, just the, the level that it was. Um, I don't know. I just feel like that is the case, though, with everyone who's stepping in the cage or ring or octagon. It's it's uh, it's I can't even imagine. It's amazing to um, walk in there in the first place, but then to to survive a loss. It's you know to come back. I mean that's huge. So um, and then along the lines with Mike sharing, you know that was it, it, you know you could I, I appreciate you taking it such a positive direction because you know there was also that been where people say oh he just lost and then now he's he's doing the journalism thing you know what's up with that and and uh you know that might just be sports and the hatred but it's it's hard to um you know probably shy away from always and you know randa also you know it's it's probably the same idea yeah well you know it's a fight and and people are going to look at you however they want to look at you you just got to keep doing what you love and you got to keep improving and who cares what people think you know uh, I love my followers I love my you know all my followers on my social media they've all been very supportive you know and I do the best to to help them I mean like you know to make sure my my followers are happy but at the end of the day you got to look at yourself in the mirror it doesn't really matter what anybody else right. of you. they might say hey that was an awesome fight that was great you did great and then you look at yourself and you're like, fuck, no, that wasn't me. That wasn't me. Right. <laughs> but you just have to keep doing the best you can. Right. You know, I'd like to kind of touch on that a little bit. Um, during your time on The Ultimate Fighter, you know, you had some some confrontation with both Carla Esparza and Felice Herrig. And then, you know, you obviously went on to beat Herrig in the semifinals. Would you – how did you kind of handle that, that like, negative – feedback and everything and would you be interested in maybe a fight with this with the Sparza sometime in the near future um well uh the situation there it was i i know i don't know like i can i can kind of read people a little bit and i can i can tell that uh well we trained first of all we trained together i mean um police we trained together on the same team and so did carla and i got a chance to spar with her i think the first one of the first few days and i was able to right away take her down and, and just 
sit on her for like the rest of the round and just you know keep beating her punches so like right away I like when she started talking to me like in a rude way and just kept trying to egg me on I knew that she was scared I knew there was like some fear in her and I just let her keep going let her keep going and I'm like don't worry I'll get my chance I'll get my chance I know why you're doing this you know like you you gotta kind of see past what people are what they what they look on the outside you know like when somebody's like lashing out like that you know that there's something something wrong there there's a little bit of fear there and um the way the way Carla like backed her up like that I understand your friends and everything but this isn't a you know it's in a friendly friendly situation we're on the ultimate fighter and and it's every man for himself really so it didn't make sense why she was acting the way she did but yeah definitely in the future I would love to fight Asperger I think it's a great matchup for both uh, wrestlers in the past and uh, yeah yeah, definitely. And what was your reaction to Asparza's fight with Yoni and Jacek? I know that was kind of a while ago, but do you remember kind of how you, like, as you were watching it, what was kind of going through your mind? Well, I didn't really know too much about Yolana, but uh, you know, she's a, she's a striker and she's a really good striker. And I just, I just, I know, like, I felt like Carlos only got like one one side to her sometimes. Like, she's a really good wrestler. I think she relies on it way too much. And and it was only a matter of time until somebody realized what she was good at and what she wasn't good at. And I think uh, that that was uh, it was a shitty matchup for her. But it, you know, shit happens. You know, sometimes you gotta learn more more than just uh, how to do a takedown. She ha- she has good hands. Obviously, she, you watched her fight uh, Rose Namunas, and but you know, I think she went in there with the mentality as this girl's not a wrestler and I am a wrestler and I'm just going to take her down. In reference to Carly, and, and, you know, people know about her wrestling um, and some other fighters, again, I, and I hate to keep bringing her up, but it's kind of one of those situations, but Ronda Rousey, everyone knows about her judo. What do you think, or, or as far as like time frames for fighters at this level, um, how long do you think it will take for, you know, let's just use those two fighters as an example, for them to develop um, some sort of a decent striking to, to compete with, you know, the other top-level fighters? What do you, who do you, who are you talking about exactly? Or, or just, in, like, just in general. Like, like, everyone else, you mean? No, right, just in general. Like, you have some uh, one-dimensional fighters. Um, like, and I'm using Ronda Rousey. She's one-dimensional as her judo. Carla's kind of one-dimensional in her wrestling. And my question is, how long do you think it would take for some of these, you know, the elite-level fighters, you know, people, at, you know, at your level, how long do you think it'll take for them to develop the uh, a different or the, another skill set? I don't think it's how long. I think it's, it has something to do with them as uh, their mentality. I think they're fixated on what they're good at, and they're just going to go in there and stick to their, you know, I'm going to stick to my judo, and I'm going to get this far, and I'll see how far I can go with my judo. And they're going to be closed-minded to other things like, you know, the stand-up or their, you know, kickboxing or, you know, other stuff. I think it's, it has to do with the person. I think they just have to be more open-minded. I mean, I've I've been with people on the Ultimate Fighter where they just refuse to learn anything because their way worked for them for so for so long. You know, I think though I think that's the problem. I don't think it's like time frame. I think they just need to be more open-minded and and just. Why do you think so many sort of elite-level fighters? You know, you get you know you're at the 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 top of the game. Let's say you're in the, the top twenty of the world, um, and you have fighters that they refuse to to learn other aspects of the fight game until maybe they suffer uh, a serious defeat like those two individuals did. You know, what do you think it is that 
sort of prevents them mentally from from learning other aspects. I think I think it's the fear. I think it's the fear of like um, of of just stepping away from their comfort zone and just like thinking in the back of their head, oh, I won, I beat this person with my wrestling, I beat this person with my judo, you know, I've beat some great people, so I'm just going to keep working on this because it's working for me so far. And and you know, right. they have that loss, like a wake up call. But I think it's, I think definitely it's fear. Like you're afraid that if you step outside your comfort zone, you're going to, you know, um, you know, you're going to lose some of that, like great shot or great takedowns or whatever. Uh-huh. Got that. Dig it. I dig it. Uh, when it's all said and done, what do you want people to remember you for at the end of your career? Um, I was just a normal person like everybody else who had a dream to become something better and just never gave up. And basically, like, I just never gave up. Like, um, I didn't have the most supportive family. I didn't have the most, like, uh, great life. But I just had this one thing that I loved to do, and I just kept doing it and doing it, and I didn't think about being in the UFC or anything like that. I just thought, like, I just wanted to be, you know, better every day, and I got this far. And I thank God every day that I never gave up, and I just continued on with it. Uh, a big fight for your division is slowly approaching. We have the strawweight title fight between Yoenny and Jacek and Claudia Gadela first there, coaching the ultimate fighter, and then they're going to have their title fight after that. Uh, who do you think wins that fight? Um, I heard that was a very, very close fight. I didn't get a chance to watch it. Um, but uh, I think Claudia is more of a well, more well-rounded uh, fighter, and I, I really think that Claudia has a good chance this time. Would you ever do the Ultimate Fighter again, if for or whatever reason you would have to? But I, I honestly, I'm, I'm really, really happy I did it. I'm, I'm glad I did it. I don't think I would be in the UFC if I didn't do it. If they told me there was another one and I'd have to do it, I'd probably decline. No, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> It was a crazy experience. I'm glad I did it once, but I won't do it again. So how was that? You know, describe the experience. Uh, you're, you're locked in there. What is it, it was, six weeks or something like that? Have you ever watched Orange is the New Black? It's kind of like that. Honestly, you're okay. isolated from the world. You're stuck in a house with a bunch of women who all, you know, they all have these huge egos and everyone thinks they can beat everyone. You know, you're not there you you went on the show thinking that you're going to be the, you know, you're going to be the champ. You're going to walk out of there as a champ and everyone's going in the house with that mentality. So everyone's going to be bumping heads and, you know, it's just very, very awkward all the time and very, I don't know, it's just a really shitty experience, but I'm glad I did it. Uh, along the lines of uh, awkward also, I saw you recently got a visit from USADA and you looked uh, they're just happy that they were doing the process and they really were doing these random checks uh you know i just you you hear about these guys and gals who are who are experiencing the usada visits and they always just kind of crack me up the banging on the door at the six in the morning the uh, whatever else you know they're they're doing with different people i was just curious you know the beginning middle end of of your visit yeah, I was just coming home from the gym. I literally just walked in. I was making my husband lunch because he works midnight. And I got a knock on the door. It was probably like 9 o'clock at night. <laughs> I didn't know. I thought they were just, I don't know, questioning, you know, uh, some people going door to door or something. So I'm like in the kitchen trying to eat something as well. It's like making him lunch. And they're like, oh, we're here for you. I'm like, what? Uh, that was just weird. And they're like, okay, sit down here. And like all of a sudden I couldn't leave the room. I couldn't do anything. And then... They had to take me to the washroom, watch me pee. It was just like, whoa, like, it's great. I love that they're doing this. I really, I, I heard that they weren't really checking women. 
um, as much as they were the men. So I'm glad they're getting getting to the women now as well. And yeah, it's really exciting that the UFC is going this way. Um, you know, I feel like it's about time that this is this is happening. I want to say congrats to you for them coming at nine at night. They hit me at six in the morning, and I wasn't happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't so bad. Yeah, it was late at night, but I was all sweaty and gross, and it was really awkward. Should have given them all hugs. <laughs> <laughs> I offered them cookies and stuff. <laughs> ah, that's right on. Now, I would like to know, uh, when you eventually do return to the cage sometime in the near future, is there a specific opponent that you have in mind? Um, Not really, no. I'm kind of I'm kind of uh, bummed out that uh, Beck Rawlings got an, got an opponent because I really wanted that fight because of the way she acted after I asked for that fight. But other than that, no, I, I'm not really looking to who. I just I just like to get back in there as soon as possible. Okay. Yeah. 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 She said that. Yeah, you wanted uh, the Beck Rawlings fight just after the whole like uh, Ultimate Fighter experience. Yeah, I know there was some some confrontation there too. But you think that that'd be maybe another fight that you'd want in the future as well? after she has her fight. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, I would love that. It just didn't make sense. You know, I, I, I asked for that fight. She said no, and then she started talking all the shit about me, and then she, the next day, she called out someone else. I was like, wait, so you can't fight me, but you can fight this person. Oh, wow. Wow, that's great. Yeah, so they actually, when uh, when did they offer you that fight? When was, was that fight pro- proposed for, like, the finale, or, or when was it? Oh, no, this was this was before I found out about my last fight because I was trying to get a fight for a really long time. I hadn't hadn't uh, got a fight for about, I don't know, six months or something like that. I was waiting, so then I just started, like, trying to figure out a way to get a fight with someone, and she didn't have a fight. I didn't have a fight, so I asked for that one, and uh, I didn't know she was injured at the time. Yeah, yeah, I know she was battling some kind of... I forget what injury it was. Um, yeah, I think she was sidelined, but hopefully... Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, hopefully after she has this fight coming up, then maybe if you're both healthy, then they can possibly set that up soon. Yeah, that sounds good. I I hope people heard it loud and clear that you didn't know she was injured because I feel like (laughs) otherwise you're going to run into a Brian Caraway situation where, you know, oh, you're calling her out while she's injured. And, you know, just if people could clean earwax out hear it clearly you know anyways i just think always think that that side of things is funny when you know you said it pretty clearly you enunciated very well (laughs) you know well i i had asked for Paige before that and then they gave her to someone else so then right after that i was like all right then give me back and back was injured i was like oh crap (laughs) yeah i guess you, you touched on that a bit um yeah, you wanted to fight Paige Van Zandt. This is obviously before the Lost Rose Namajunas. What did you think about all the hype that was surrounding her? Do you think it was justified, or do you think that the Rose Namajunas fight kind of exposed that and kind of saw that it was a bit of a hype train behind it, you know? Um, I think I think Rose really put it out there that she didn't have the skill to... I mean, Rose is a very good fighter. She's a very good technical fighter, and um, I think, I think she... Uh, Paige kind of blew up too fast. I think she didn't, I don't think she even had control of that, you know. Um, I think she was kind of exposed in that fight where, you know, she even she even said it herself, you know, she's not ready. So, um, yeah, it, it, it was a hard fight to watch. Yeah, yeah. Now, for the young athlete who wants to be like you one day, what advice would you have to give to them? Um, if you love it, just keep going for it. Just keep doing, you know, your best. And, you know, it's, if it's easy, everybody would do it. You know, it's not supposed to be easy. That's why we're fighters. Be open-minded with MMA. Can't just, you know, rely on one thing. You can't just rely on your groundwork. Just 
can't just rely on your stand up. You gotta you gotta work both, work everything. Yeah, of course. Before we get out of here, uh, do you, you want to shout out uh, any sponsors or anything along those lines? Um, yeah, I just want to thank uh, eVitality. I want to thank you know every everybody at Michigan Top Team uh, for for all their hard work and, and helping me out, and uh, um, everyone in Montreal for for all their hard work and helping me out with uh, with my last training camp. Everyone at TriStar, they've all been really awesome to me, really welcoming to me, and thank you so much for everything. And that's about it. Oh, and uh, I think I said my eVitality. I, they're one of my big sponsors right now. Thank you so much. All right, great. Well, uh, Randa, thank you. Uh, thank you again very much for joining us. We always enjoy watching you fight, and we can't wait to see you back in action. All right, awesome. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And that was Randa Marcos. Big thanks to our co-hosts, Rob Mead, Dave Madden, and Mike The Truth Jackson. Dave, uh, where can people find you? Uh, people can find um, articles I host on, on my blog at davemaddenmma.wordpress.com. Uh, I'm also a contributor for MMA Latest News. Um, Twitter, dmaddenmma, or Facebook, just find me at Dave Madden. Awesome. And uh, Mike, where can people find your work at? Uh, they can find all my work at mikethetruth.com. And they can follow me on my social media, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, Periscope, all those good things. It's simply at the truth Jackson. All right. Well, as always, make sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Funky Monkey MMA. Follow me on Twitter at Kane E. Miller. Make sure to follow the site for the latest interviews and analysis pieces. We'll see you next time. MMA requires bone grinding, hardcore training. You train hard to win. Kimuras and arm bars are taking a toll on your body. So remember to take care of your joints. Get Joint Balance Formula today, the joint supplement from mixed martial artists. Joint Balance Formula contains glucosamine, chondroitin, MSN, green lipsy muscle, sharp cartilage, and a natural herbal pain reliever. Experience quick recovery from sore joints, train harder, heal faster, and feel awesome. Joint pain does not have to stand a chance. To order, call toll-free today at 844-254-8461. That toll-free number is 844-254-8461. Order your supply of Joint Balance Formula today. MMA Futures and Funky Monkey Radio partner together to bring you the latest fighter interviews and MMA news. Check out MMAFutures.com. You can listen to Funky Monkey MMA Radio on iTunes, Stitzer Radio, Blog Talk Radio, Player FM, Cash Roller, the TuneIn Radio app, MMAFutures.com, LoveMMA.com, MMARecords.com, and FightBookMMA.com. Funky Monkey Radio is sponsored by Altercation Clothing. If you never back down, then you're ready for an altercation. For the freshest news and notes on all things MMA, get over to FunkyMonkeyMMA.com. Interested in sponsoring the show? Then send an email to funkymonkeymma at gmail.com. You're listening to Funky Monkey MMA. MMA fans, are you looking for something to set you apart? Then check out altercationclothing.com. Altercation Clothing is a brand with attitude, offering fans and fighters alike a variety of specialty shirts. If you won't back down, then you're ready for an altercation. Altercation Clothing can be found on Facebook at facebook.com slash altercationclothing. Altercation Clothing is a proud sponsor of Funky Monkey MMA Radio. You're listening to Funky Monkey MMA. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.